0: Hello, friends. Welcome back to Spooky Season. Calm down. We're going on a spooky quest Stop. where no one's ever gone Stop. Stop Stop. to watch nope. them is our real quest <laughs> review them
1: as our cause. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Calm down. Stop it. No. No. Hell, hell no. <laughs> Oh, hello,
0: friends. Welcome back to the Logan and Jake Tech Podcast. We are continuing. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Oh, this has spiraled out of control. (laughs) We're continuing our coverage of spooky season. And uh... don't ever say that like that again. (laughs) Boy, do we have some tricks and treats for you tonight. Jesus. (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy! No outtakes, friends. We do it live. Oh, oh Jesus! Oh God! Oh, okay. So, <laughs> oh God, this is.
1: <laughs>
0: mm, I can't breathe. <laughs> hey. I hate you. I hate you so much. That was only like one verse of the song. I have a whole song written. Oh, God. I knew there was no way Logan would let me get through it. But like, oh, the look on his face was so wondrous. Finish the intro. Okay, so (laughs) welcome back. This is week five of seven for our spooky season coverage this year. Uh, We are glad you are back with us. It has been an interesting An interesting week. And I do want to say, before we dive any further into this, um, uh, we do have uh, Game 1 of the National League Championship Series on in the background. So uh, if you hear us cursing or cheering out of context, it's probably uh, dependent on what the Braves are doing on the television. (laughs) Uh, It's a crapshoot, shoot. Uh, Yeah, so it's probably going to be more cursing than anything. Uh, So... Uh, Yeah, so it's been an interesting week. Um, Halloween Kills finally has arrived in theaters after a pandemic-induced delay. Oh, man. Uh, And we are going to talk about it, of course. Um, But before we get started, Logan, how was your week? How are things going?
1: (laughs) Uh, You know, it's good. It's good. Uh, I've been busy with work, watching movies, figuring out how I'm going to counteract your ridiculousness when you start breaking into random songs. Uh, but I'll, but so, you know it's it's been fun it's been fun yeah so um, what about you how how are things going how's life uh, you know life is life and and um, our listeners are like we don't care get to the good stuff <laughs> they're like they're like talking
0: about the movies <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, which we're gonna do um, so this week Logan uh, as we have promised the people we are going to do a retrospective on my personal favorite horror franchise of all time the many-faceted, confusing, and ever-expanding Halloween franchise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh,
1: with its very own own choose-your-own-adventure timeline.
0: Which, you know, a lot of fans are not thrilled about because they prefer, um, you know, more tight continuity. We live in the age of the MCU and things like that, so I I think people are more and more confused sometimes when they think about Halloween specifically. Um, But I personally... Kind of think it's what makes Halloween unique I like that people are sort of allowed to come in and just do what they feel like doing when it's their turn to make a Halloween movie yeah. so uh, because if it was me I would not want someone to come up and say hey we're not gonna accept your script if you write something that goes that that goes against these twelve arbitrary things from movies that came out thirty years ago
1: yeah and so I, well i I've never been bothered by the choose your own adventure timeline of the Halloween friend because I read comic books. Right. Like There are different continuities within comic books so it doesn't matter to me. It's, if I don't like this particular Halloween movie, then it doesn't really matter because I can choose to ignore it. Um, I don't have to... I don't like Rob Zombie's Halloween movies, right? But those right. aren't really connected to any of the other ones. They're, they're remakes. Right. And retellings. It's an Elseworlds type of thing. I don't like Halloween Resurrection, but that's okay because the new movies completely, like, erase that from existence anyway. So, and then when you get to, like, three, four, five, and six, which we'll get to, there's, there's something in those movies for everybody. Like, you don't have to, and you don't really have to pay that much attention to what comes before with some of them because it's a slight retelling anyway, because like Halloween H2O kind of ignores all the other movies after Halloween two. Right. So,
0: well, yeah, I mean, I agree. And when the thing about Halloween is it's been going on for so long now, you have multiple generations of people that have been fans of it and multiple different, you know, um, looks at Michael Myers and these characters. And, Um, I think what I always go back to is if you like these types of movies, you're going to pretty much, uh, pay to go see, um, whatever iterations they decide to come out with. Yeah. That's certainly true for me. So, um, I guess to not to delay really to go, because there's a lot of movies there to talk about. Um, (laughs) Um, by the way, if you are, um, if you are listening primarily because you're interested to hear our review of Halloween Kills, the brand new installment that just came out, um, that will be at the end of the podcast. Um, and if you have not seen the film, uh, please when we get when we get caught up to that film, just
1: pause and go
0: watch it first, and then
1: come back and come see. immediately back. Pause it. Go watch the movie like two, two and a half hours later, come back, finish listening. Because we are going to definitely spoil it. It is on uh, Peacock, if
0: you would like to watch it from the comfort of your own home.
1: It's a great streaming if service, if you, by the way.
0: It is actually pretty cool. I actually downloaded it. Um, I have Regal Unlimited, of course, so I did go to the theaters to see it Thursday night. But I wanted to watch it a second time before we did the review today, so I watched it earlier with Savannah, and uh, I downloaded Peacock uh, and for $4.99 a month. Just the, that that opening tier you can actually watch it so um definitely check that out if you get a chance to
1: oh by the way this is not sponsored by peacock we're not there yet but peacock if you're listening we we'll, we'll take a sponsorship. we will also savannah who you might hear in the background say hi savannah hi all right um all right but yeah uh so shall we shall we jump into it as they say yes yes we shall uh we shall um jump
0: okay so Halloween. Halloween. Uh the original 1978 John Carpenter Halloween because uh, there have been three different films in this franchise called Halloween. <laughs>
1: um yeah. So starting yeah. way back at the beginning. And one of them the the newest one is technically Halloween 2. Yes. That's weird. But yeah, let's start with the original, shall we? So, um when, uh, when I was
0: growing up, I, I may have said this on the podcast before, but when I was growing up, I was not really into horror films per se. I, I didn't really watch them. I was afraid of my own shadow, really. Like, I was scared of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you're talking to a guy that just does, just did not do scary things. When the, my friends would break out Ouija boards, or they'd want to tell ghost stories. or we, just, Ouija boards? Oh, just, no. <laughs> yeah, no, like... Literally, I was just the the kid that, um, some of it was for, like, religious reasons, I guess, but other, like, another aspect of it was I just wasn't, that wasn't my thing when I was a kid. Um, when I was about, I don't know, 17-ish, um, Rob Zombie's Halloween, uh, was coming out. And, or it came out, rather, it came out in theaters. And, um, by this point, I had watched maybe a couple of horror movies, but I was not, um, a big fan of them. I had been sort of petrified of them. And I, I remember Rob Zombie's movie came out in like August of 2007 and, um, our buddy Corey, who we were hoping to get on the podcast, but unfortunately it didn't work out. Um, he was talking to me. I was at his house hanging out and uh, him and his dad, were, we were hanging out. We used to do that every weekend and go see movies and stuff. And this was a Saturday night. And on, like, I think, the, no, it was Friday because the night before they had gone to like an early premiere of Rob Zombie's Halloween. And so they were telling me, they're like, um, we gotta, we want to go back and watch it again. Like, you should watch it. But, um, and I said, well, you know, I have never actually seen Halloween. I was familiar with it. Like, I knew vaguely, like, who Michael Myers was. I knew enough to know that Michael Myers was in the same kind of, like, pantheon of character as, as you know, Jason Voorhees, like a, a masked, silent killer. I, I knew that. Um, and I was like, I've just never, that's never really been my thing, you know. Right. Like, so um, Corey uh, asked his dad if he would take us to Blockbuster, which, you know. That was a thing back then.
1: Thank you for dating us. Appreciate (laughs) that.
0: And so we we went to Blockbuster and we got um, Halloween. And if, if memory serves me correctly, we watched Halloween that night. And I was both... Uh, horrified. Uh, it was the scariest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Um, very specifically because, um, when I was a kid, the thing that kind of creeped me out the most was the idea of home invasion, Mm -hmm. that someone would come into your house and like kill your family and Halloween hit a little close to home for that. Oh yeah. Um, and then also just the blankness of the like. Captain Kirk mask that had been edited, you know, adjusted and painted over to mm-hmm. Michael Myers mask, really freaked me out. And I had, of course, never heard the music. So the first time you hear that music, it really hits different. Mm-hmm. And it scored so perfectly. Um, I mean, the very first time you see Halloween, it has a real power to it, I think. Like, and I was very, very unnerved by it but i also remembered really digging it and really thinking it was it was a cool movie and and really thinking that the end was just such a creepy you know wtf moment and being like that is a perfect little horror movie i just watched
1: mm-hmm. so
0: like of course that's not a unique hot take that's something millions of people had discovered long before i was ever even around that halloween was almost a perfect little horror movie right but that was sort of my experience with it. And then the next day, of course, um, Corey's dad took us back to Blockbuster and we got um, Halloween 2. And I also just loved that. And then he took us back to the theater and we watched Rob Zombie's Halloween and did not love that. But we'll get there. But so for me, Halloween remains one of my top five favorite <coughs> movies of all time. Mm-hmm. It, it is like definitely my favorite slasher movie. I have now, and in the, in the intervening years—the fourteen some odd years since then—I oh. have seen every slasher movie, probably that you can think of. I mean, it's not a full-on challenge. I'm sure there's someone out there who could name some obscure sequel or reboot I haven't seen. But I, I Logan, can attest to this. I own
1: lots of them. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's a like you—you you go out of your way to just find random stuff on Amazon, like, bruh we got to watch this. I'm like, I've never heard of this, but uh, I've never heard of Tibetan Yeti's attack Mars or whatever. Like, it just, what are you doing? But uh, (laughs) the, the uh, sorority
0: babes at the slime ballerama is one of my favorites. Jesus. But no, uh, you know, I really enjoyed the cinematography in Halloween. Um, The cinematographer, Dean Cundy, of course, would uh, go on to star in, not not starring, but be the cinematographer for um uh Jurassic Park, so um you know he had a great career and um and did lots of other things but, you know I think I've already mentioned the music, but like really i think and the the lighting and how things went from you know everything was like really at first everything was warm and golden, all the colors and the the, the leaves and everything. And then at night it's like sterile and blue and black and it's creepy. And the way that the camera, you know, is following along and it's like, it's almost like the, it's almost documentary style. You know what I mean? Where it's like, we're observing this, but we're not really part of it. And it's just super creepy. And then of course I think, Uh, As Clive Barker, the creator of Penhead, once said, the typicality of Haddonfield is Mm -hmm. the heart of what makes Halloween so memorable. You know, I grew up in Locust Grove. That town looks a whole lot like Haddonfield. You grew up in Griffin.
1: Parts of it look a lot like it. Yeah, we both went to school in Barnesville, and Barnesville looks pretty much like like Haddonfield. Haddonfield. (laughs) Uh, And so just the idea that
0: this could happen, you know, and, and for me... Not only did I live in a place that looked like Haddonfield, my great fear as a child was home invasion, you know? Um, and just the idea that someone could come in and just kill your family, that's something that was always frightening to me. So um, that's why I love Halloween so much, is it, it hits on those universal themes. And I don't think there will ever be another horror movie that is so uh, fundamentally archetypally sound if mm-hmm. that makes sense and you know the ending um I know Logan you've said before that you really enjoy the final line where Laurie is like you know was the boogeyman and Loomis says as a matter of fact it was and that's so great but what I love about it the most is when you know there's, there's Loomis looks over the edge of the balcony where he's just shot Michael and Michael's not there right but before the camera confirms what we already know in our hearts to be true we see it play on Loomis's face and his eyes kind of get wide for half a second. But then we see that he's gone. And then we see this, like, I knew this would happen. Look, as, as you know, he's in the wind now. He's he's a ghost. He's not even human. He's, like, he's, he's the shape. You know what I mean? And we talked about this before, you know, like, just among ourselves. There's this story where Donald Pleasance... Um, supposedly asked John Carpenter, how do you want me to play this? Do you want me to play it like, oh my God, he's gone, where did he go? Or do you want me to play it with the knowing look? And I think he he went for a hybrid read there, which was was really great. We talk about actors making choices. He made a good one. Yes. Yes. Um, As he did so often throughout the movie. Uh, Some of the dialogue, um, you know, could have gone over really, really cheesy had it not had an actor of his weight behind it. Because, you know, that's something that a good actor does is they, they find the way to take what's written on the page and they make it accessible and they, and they make it translate. And he did that really well with that sort of, as you called it, like Shakespearean, uh, dialogue about evil and, 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 you know, the devil's eyes and all of that. And I really like that John Carpenter at the time he was dating his writing partner, Deborah Hill And I I really like that they split up some of the duties where she wrote for the teenage characters and that teenage dialogue, and then John wrote the more esoteric, mythological stuff. So I really, you know, Halloween is one of those movies that it just touches on a lot of things that I'm interested in and I find find, um, frightening. And it will always be, I think, my favorite horror movie. and, And I think one of the not only one of the best horror movies of all time but one of the most um, important movies in american cinema of the last 50 years so yeah, that that's how i feel definitely about halloween um did you have anything else that you wanted to add about halloween before we move um, into um discussions of the sequels
1: i just so i, I... I guess we can briefly talk about like just the story itself. Um it it's simple but effective. Also the character of Michael Myers in my opinion works very well because he doesn't talk. Also and I I'm I'm struggling to find my words with this because it's it's very difficult to for me anyway to put into words how I feel about the Halloween franchise. But I guess I like Michael Myers because, unlike a lot of other slasher villains, he kind of just kills because that's just what he does. There's no real motive behind any of it. I think, and I think I mentioned it briefly in like the last week's episode or the week before that. I view Michael Myers almost sort of as just either just the personification of death itself or violence in a way I guess wrath just there's because at this point especially in the later movies he's he's just a force of nature you can hold him off you can run from him but there's not really anything you can do to stop him and it's not really a movie about beating him it's more so a movie about how do we survive the night right which most of the time most of them don't and for me, that's that's what I really enjoy about it. I also enjoy the fact that the mask is just a blank canvas, and it gives you the ability to put the thing that you're most afraid of onto yeah, it, that- which then makes it even more personal, because you're being hunted by the thing that terrifies you the most, and you can't stop it. Right. Uh, also, just I like the character choice of when they knock him down, and he just sits right back up. It's, it's creepy, it's effective, as a wrestling fan, it also, like, is really cool to me because The Undertaker clearly got inspiration from, like, how he sits up after yeah. he's been knocked down from Michael Myers, so it's nice seeing how that tiny aspect of the movie has influenced a lot of other things that I really get enjoyment. But I guess that, as far as this first Halloween movie goes, that's kind of all I really have to say about it. Because I feel like there's nothing that's been said, there's nothing we can say about Halloween 1 that hasn't already been said.
0: I, I agree. And so let me, on that note, let me just echo that, you know, I think the enduring legacy of it, if nothing else, uh, it gave us an icon, a horror icon in Michael Myers, but it also gave us Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. And Jamie Lee Curtis um who is a big star and at this point does not have to do these movies her loyalty coming back sort of going away having this big big Hollywood career and then as she got a little older realizing that um there was still such a ravenous fan base and coming back, you know, and you know, you could be cynical and say oh, well she started coming back in the mid 90s for money and stuff, but like look this woman didn't need the money. Did she get a payday for it? Absolutely she yes. did and It was well deserved. And, you know, make your money, JLC. Make it. Because you deserve it. But she never phones it in. She's always, like, giving that... She's an A-list talent, and she always
1: brings A-list performances, no matter
0: what the script is. Yes. and Her
1: performances, especially in the later movies, are better than what the script deserves.
0: Yes, this is not a person who is just like,
1: you know, showing
0: up and collecting a paycheck. This is a person who is devoted to um, the fandom, and in, you know, not in the way that some of the other actors are. She doesn't go to every convention and Mm -hmm. all those sorts of things. But the fact that she keeps putting her own money into these movies to help produce them and her talent, um, I really think speaks volumes to how she feels about.
1: Uh, the legacy of these movies giving her a career. Yeah. And um, I I appreciate her loyalty to this franchise the same way that I appreciate, even though he he's retired from the role, I, I, I appreciate it the same way that I appreciated Hugh Jackman's loyalty to the character of Wolverine. Right. Because after a certain point, that man did not have to keep coming back to do those movies. Right. Because they kind of got worse with each one. But because of his love of the fan base and the character, he was like, no, we're going to keep doing this. And by the end of it, it was like, we're going to keep doing this until we do it right and give the people something that they love. And then he kind of retired from it. Like, I feel like that, especially with Jamie Lee Curtis coming back for the newer movies, that's her like, okay, the last four talking about H2O, Resurrection, and both Rob Zombie movies are rather divisive. Like, people either kind of enjoy them or they just hate them. I don't think anybody loves any of those last four movies. She was like, we need to come back and remind people why Halloween should be considered one of, if not the greatest horror movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And... It's, I I think they're doing a good job of that. Uh, we'll we'll that. talk about Halloween Kills later on, but I I think we can both agree that compared to the last four, those movies are leagues better than yes. everything that's come before.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. <laughs> and which is makes it exciting to be a Halloween fan. You know? Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll go on and and, and we'll talk. We'll touch uh on some of the other sequels, you know, and and I'd like to mention all of the films. May you know, we don't necessarily have to spend twenty or thirty minutes on every movie, we'd be here all night, but to for I think we can skip Halloween three. I, I actually have a few thoughts about Halloween three, but it won't take that long <laughs> yeah. So okay. So um in what was going on in the real world in between Halloween and, um, you know, Halloween 2 is uh, a bunch of copycats. You know, we, we, we've we talked about before, you know, there were other movies like, you know, Halloween, there were other slasher adjacent movies. You know, there, there was, uh, we might have mentioned this already, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there mm-hmm. was Black Christmas... But Halloween was really the first of what we think of as a true slasher movie. And, um, what happened immediately after it was so successful is a bunch of people who didn't understand why it was so successful came out and made a bunch of cheap knockoffs, including the original Friday the 13th. Um, but there were lots of other ones, um, you know, uh, Prom Night and, um, you know, uh, uh, my bloody valentine and terror train there was just a, an endless slew of them and you know some of them were oh, 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 okay and then some of them were you know straight garbage and but that it is what it is but the thing is is it was very um it it was very um i'm trying to think of the word like it was just a time of like where something Halloween had been fairly original. And... This was... This was not an era of originality anymore. Just within a year or two. Um, A whole industry had popped up. So... um, By the time they got to 1981, when they did Halloween 2... Uh, there was some debate over, you know, what direction to go with it. And ultimately, the um, the, the first director that they offered it to um, passed um, because he wanted to do a five-year-later, not five-minutes-later type mm-hmm. sequel. Um, and John Carpenter wrote the script, but at there was a lot of stuff going on. It was now being produced by different people. Um, the whole industry had changed just in those few years. And John Carpenter uh, didn't... He, him and Deborah Hill wrote it, but he didn't direct. Um, they passed it off to a friend of his named Rick Rosenthal. Rick Rosenthal um, shot a movie uh, for Halloween Two based on a script by John Carpenter. And then uh, John Carpenter saw it and and was not thrilled. So John Carpenter did some rewrites and reshoots. And um, from what I understand, his chief contribution was to add more gore. And that's because he was feeling pressure from the market at that time. Because in the interim, you know, Halloween... Is not a bloody movie. No, it's not at all. It's suspense. It's the old Hitchcock style. But by the time you got to Halloween two, you know, uh, it's just bloody slashers uh, were the thing. So you know, this was the era of Tom Savini (laughs) making you know his his early days with Friday the Thirteenth. You know, and so you kind of had to have more blood. And so that's what John Carpenter did. He made a movie that was a little bit grosser. You know, you got kids with razor blades sticking out of their tongue and you have throats getting slit and you got needles going into eyeballs and people being boiled in saunas and things that just wouldn't have happened in the original movie, Yeah. but, um, Halloween two, despite having several cooks in the kitchen and reshoots and things like that, Halloween two still managed to have its own charm because they got Dean Cundy back. It still felt like it existed in that same space. It picks up five minutes later. And, you know, especially when you watch them back to back, Halloween 2 still really does hold up as one of the better horror sequels of all time, um, despite being a noticeably less perfect film. Um, What are your thoughts about Halloween 2? Um
1: that one's a little tough cuz I I haven't rewatched Halloween 2 in a while. From what I remember though, I enjoyed it. Um I don't like it as much as the first one. It it's the second best Halloween 2 that I've seen ever. <laughs> um but I it, I don't know. If I was gonna go back and re-watch all of them, I would. I would I would definitely include that one in the list, but it it's it's kinda the one that's over the years left the least of an impression just because it's not great like the first one, and it's nowhere near as bad bad is some of the worst
0: ones that's really true so it's it's
1: it's honestly it's right there it's the middle child that people just kind of ignore sometimes i'm like right. you exist but you're doing your own thing and i have no reason to be upset with you so i'm just gonna focus on the the things that you know need some improvement or have fond reminiscence of the better days so I- it's a fun movie it
0: introduces you know the recurring theme of Mr. Sandman
1: being played in Halloween movies. Yes. Oh. Um, Okay. So real quick, um, I, I guess my biggest takeaway from Halloween two is, I love the fact that it adds to the lore and you find out that Laurie is Michael's sister. I was gonna. What's funny about that is I was gonna say, its lasting
0: legacy has to be that it forever complicated. Mm-hmm. the franchise by adding a Darth Vader-esque twist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: in which Michael was hunting Lori because that was his sister. And what's interesting about it is, you know, I never when I came to Halloween for the first time I just sort of knew that from pop culture so when I watched the first movie I watched it through the lens of oh well he's just after his sister even though it never actually says that in the first movie Mm -hmm. because that was not part of the story originally Michael Myers was he's only chasing Laurie because she showed up to the house that he's was at yeah like so in you know there has been a fan debate for decades over that decision to, that was the first attempt at giving him a motive. And there are people, and I think that they have some valid arguments that, that, that would say the beginning of the end for this being scary was when you started trying to give him a motivation. And because then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well he will still kill people. But if you just go nowhere near Lori and you stay very far away from her, you should be good because he's going to be coming after her. Because it, Mm -hmm. it handicapped the sequels by having to have it connected
1: to his family somehow. See, I don't mind it though. Because the first person that you ever see him killing is his sister. Yes. So to me, it makes sense that even if it's completely random that Lori is his sister it makes sense that he would continuously go after her to end it. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. he's it, you end it the way you start it. Like, he starts by killing his sister, he ends it by killing his sister until you get to Halloween Resurrection, where it was just like... Although, in that movie, he's only killing them because they showed up to his house. Like, I feel like... We'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. But, so, I don't mind the fact that Laurie is his sister, and I also think that it adds to the evil of Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Because murder murder is wrong. No one is going to dispute that. In my book, the only thing worse than killing random people, even if he didn't grow up with her and know her, is killing your family. Those are supposed to be the people, t- supposed to be, that... No matter what you always have their back, and they always have yours, so too basically the only familial connection he feels to her is the fact that he has to kill her it It perverts the idea of family it it makes it this thing that like his driving force is family, but it's to destroy his family that's fair it's it's the it's something that I would argue most of us, all of the people that we surround ourselves with, and most of the people in the world, it's the very last thing that we would do. We We can be mad with our family. We can fight with our family. But we would go to war to protect our family. Whereas Michael Myers is the exact opposite. And he will go to the ends of the earth to destroy every last shred of his family. Because I think maybe in his mind... If he destroys his family completely, then he destroys the very little bit of humanity he had left. I don't... I mean, I'm sure people would disagree with that, but that's just always how I've viewed it. And I don't think there's any wrong way to view this franchise as far Because, like, every movie is completely different. It's why when you get to the later movies, even though Laurie is dead, there's still a family member there... And he's he's trying to kill his niece at this point, or Josh Hartnett, when you get to H two O. I I like the idea that there's one thing holding Michael back and it is something that most people find joy and comfort in. I think it I think the idea that his family is still alive is like slowly eating away at him sometimes. Which kind of causes him to just basically just kill people like he's trying to kill that part of himself,
0: yeah, I think that's an interesting take, and one that I'm sure that like uh you're not alone in um in holding that view
1: mm-hmm.
0: um i'm I was never i'm always i guess I have a mixed mind about it, I was never one that thought it was a problem mm. Mm-hmm. But I do see where it was a narrative hamstring, especially later on. Yeah, because it's like how many nieces or cousins or, you know, surprise siblings or something <laughs> yeah. is going to have. You know, so, um, I you know, H- Halloween two is one is is the subject of a lot of debate, of course, now because we find out in Halloween twenty eighteen they retconned Halloween two also, but we'll get there. Um, but Halloween two is still a good movie. I would still recommend it. Yeah, you know, to people. I still think it has some fun kills, some fun sequences. Michael get, continues to get, you know, shot and blown up and all kinds of stuff and he's, it's clear at this point this is definitely not a human being in any traditional sense anymore. Um, with every kill he ascends. Yes, with every kill he he's sort of transcending and becoming something else. And I, Jamie Lee Curtis is back in the second one. She's kind of sidelined because she's there's not a lot of dialogue for her mm-hmm. but she's back and you know it it was eh, The score's good i mean it was it was it was still a good movie yeah um and of course it left a big mark on the franchise and on i think on horror um by the time th- they they tried to make the ending reasonably definitive to where Michael would be dead and that they could go on and that they could turn the franchise into a an anthology where every movie would be a different Halloween-themed story. That's not a terrible idea. The problem is that in 1983, when they're prepping to do Halloween Three: Season of the Witch, uh, there's I no such thing season as...
1: season of the witch!
0: <laughs> there's no such thing as, you know... Um, Twitter or modern social media or bloodydisgusting.com to give us the inside scoop from John Carpenter and Deborah Hill that, hey, this movie doesn't include Michael Myers. This is a different story. We're doing an anthology. Now, did those interviews exist out there? Yes, but were they able to hit a wide stream audience the way they would have needed to? No. To no. properly prepare the millions of folks who were going to rush out expecting to see more Michael Myers-induced mayhem? Absolutely not. And so we get to Halloween three, oh, Season of the Witch, which, in my opinion, has aged better than people would have guessed at the time. so if if this poor film, it's a dark, well-made, well-acted, creepy little movie,
1: and if it okay, so Season of the Witch this this is my only opinion of this movie it would be considered a really good horror movie if it was not tied into the halloween franchise right. it is a great horror movie it is a bad halloween movie yes. because it has absolutely nothing to do with any of the movies that came before or after, despite there being Easter eggs from that movie in other movies. And I think,
0: I agree with that. And I think everyone pretty much agrees with that. I think that there has been a well-earned reappraisal of the movie in recent years. Yes. And I think the score is creepy. I think the way it shots and acted is creepy. The story the itself is creepy, is great. And it's a fun movie to watch. I no longer skip it in my marathons. I've come to really enjoy watching
1: it once a year. But you're right. I'll probably keep skipping it. But if I ever just wanted to... If I want to watch a random Halloween... Like just Halloween. Like the season Halloween movie. I'd watch that one. Because I'm like, this this is a good movie. It's a a fun movie. And I
0: think if you've never seen Halloween 3 Season of the Witch... Heads up. It doesn't have Michael Myers... But it is worth watching. And I would actually fully be behind uh, Jason Blum and company from Blumhouse um, remaking Season of the Witch. I'd watch it. That would be a fun it, movie. It would probably be really good. Um, so, you know, get on that. Um, <laughs> or hire us. We'll do it. We work, um,
1: we work for cheap.
0: Uh, yeah. So, uh, of course, there was naturally a big backlash. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so you know it took them a few years to figure out what to do, and in the meantime, uh, Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger dominated the box office and were turning out sequel after sequel, uh, and finally some of varying quality, yeah, of diminishing returns, of course. <laughs> and by the time uh, about five years passed, and they finally, on the tenth anniversary of the original film, uh, they were able to release Halloween four. The return of Michael Myers. They were letting everybody know up front. Michael's back. That's what y'all asked for. Um, we find out Michael's been in a coma for 10 years. He's being transferred. We hear that, or he hears, rather, that um, Lori has Lori is, uh, had a daughter. That he has a niece. That sort of snaps him out of the coma he's been in. And he escapes back to Haddonfield. Uh somehow Dr. Loomis also survived the explosion at the end of Halloween two and the great but now aging Donald Pleasance uh returns um in all of his now cheesy glory. It's sort of a a parody of what the character had been, but Donald Pleasance, of course, is still as committed as ever.
1: Um and, and he, he he delivers an A plus performance, much like Jamie Lee Curtis in all the movies. Yeah. His dialogue does not warrant nor deserve right. the level of passion he brings to it. But because he is a professional, he brings it nonetheless. And Halloween 4
0: is a fun 80s slasher movie. Yeah. yeah. And there's nothing overly offensive about it. You know, it, it doesn't suck. It's not great. I I do think the fur the further we are removed from it. There's some. It it's starting to diminish a little bit over time because it is definitely in the '80s. Mm-hmm. But it it was a fun movie, and it is. Um, I I do think that, um, there was still effort put into the film, and I think the lasting legacy of the film is, it introduced us to. Uh, a child character that was not completely obnoxious and annoying, and yeah, and do and, and that child character was played by Danielle Harris. So we we actually the world was gifted Danielle Harris, who is an icon in the horror community, um, be, because of Halloween Four. So that's a lasting legacy for that movie, and look, you know. I like the characters. I like the new sheriff. Mm-hmm. I like, I like, um, Rachel, uh, the older sister, foster sister of um, uh, of Jamie Lloyd, and I, I enjoy the. I, I I like the idea that the town has sort of been dealing with this, and they're like, "Oh no, Michael Myers is back!" You know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put an end to this. Which of course that comes back didn't go well that doesn't go well but that 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 theme comes back with a vengeance and halloween kills
1: oh we'll get um there. but you know i i enjoyed that I, movie it even i has like the moment halloween where... 4 because the respect and care was put into the production of it to where you can tell they were they were trying Yes. They were trying. They were trying. And for yeah. me, trying goes a long way. Yeah. Like, is it great? No. Is it enjoyable? And is there enough in it to where I would rewatch it because I genuinely want to? Yes. Um, I think after Halloween for The Return of Michael Myers is when we start getting into the this franchise should probably let it go. Yeah. I mean, so so what ended up happening, um,
0: and this, you know, the great Mustafa Akkad, who was a producer on the original film and, and produced all of them until his untimely death, um, he and, you know, his son Malik still produces the movie, so the Akkads really are part of the DNA of this franchise. And yeah. he gave an interview one time where he said, the problem with Halloween 5 which was produced just 10 months later, is that it did not give enough breathing room. They were competing with, by the time that came out in theaters, they were competing with the home video sales of Halloween 4. Mm -hmm. And, And he said, you know, there should really be about three years in between movies. You want the audience to have enough time to sit with the film, watch it a bunch of times, digest it, debate it, discuss it, then put it put it to bed and then and have a little break from it, and then be like, you know what, hey, it, you want them to start missing it just long enough to start missing it, so and yeah. then you hit them with another one. And you know, I think in the '80s he was completely correct. Three years was the perfect time. I think nowadays, just because of how quickly things cycle through in 2021 two years is the ideal time people's attention spans um,
1: wouldn't last three years because i feel like it, I, nowadays if you wait three years by the time you uh get ready to make the new people just aren't going to care
0: anymore that's why i think that james cameron's avatar movies are not going to go anywhere but that's not, not a at all. podcast. Yeah,
1: we're, we'll, but, we're never doing the avatar uh, <laughs> episode
0: uh, we might do an avatar episode about why it was bad and why
1: people were drinking the Kool-Aid. The only know? Avatar but, episode I'm doing is the last airbender. That's fair. But you know, so I think, you know, Halloween five Which one is it where when we were watching the bonus features there's the I don't I don't remember if it was the, the director or producer, but they Halloween were like five. They're like you see with the, the Michael Myers. The, he the, is he's like the cat, cat. and then you have the and mouse. then you have the you have the mouse, which is which was in the first uh, two movies. It was Laurie. Uh, I'm doing a horrible French accent. <laughs> like I have apologize. You have the cat and you have the mouse. The, the it, cat knows about the, the mouse, and, and the, the mouse knows about, about the cat. And, but and, the cat but the cat can never catch the mouse. And that's the pretty mouse pretty is pretty. always just out of reach of the cat. And that's that's pretty much it. And I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah.
0: So they they hired this talented but like eccentric dude named Dominic often and Gerard to come in and 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 he was really he really was kind of an interesting dude, you know. And, <laughs> and you, I've I've read things about him where pe- people like the guy. He was an interesting guy, but he was he had made the he was interested in more artsy type things, and he came yeah. in and you would not know that watching Halloween Five. But he came in. Art
1: and, comes in all different categories.
0: Um, but you can see some influences of European cinema in Halloween Five if you know what you're looking for. Uh, the wonky, goofy cops was a reference to things that Dominic often and Gerard hoped that like film fans would pick up on. There were, you know, there were there were some goofy things going on in that movie. They brought Danielle Harris back, but didn't let her speak the whole time. She was mute. It was and, weird was really weird there was like a weird you know because like halloween 4 had had this like really creepy ending spoiler alert where it looked like the evil had passed from michael to jamie and so when this movie came out jamie was just institutionalized and they sort of retconned all of that and, and and they did not go that route but michael you know It just the movie's not scary, and the script is just not good, and the characters are mostly they they have they. This is the first one where you just really don't care about the characters at all.
1: Isn't this also the one where they add like the weird supernatural twist where she can kind of see Michael and he can see her? Kind of, yeah. yeah. And and
0: it's it's weird, like. At one point, the child literally calls him Uncle Boogeyman, and he takes the mask off and cries. Um,
1: yeah, I know. That was a choice.
0: There's a, there's this weird character dressed all in black with steel-toed boots, and like at the end, they show up and Michael's in a prison cell, and they just like kill all the cops and blow the doors off the cell, and they take Michael and kidnap Jamie and it was just a really weird movie and it was not a good movie and they filmed in Salt Lake City and it was the first time that they didn't even try to make Haddonfield look like Haddonfield the Myers house that was supposed to be
1: I don't was, know what house
0: that was it was not it the Myers house nothing either inside or outside like the Myers house and it just it was just weird as just weird as all get out and it has one of my favorite lines though uh, there's a cop upstairs in what's supposed to be Judith Meyer's bedroom, and they're they're using Jamie as bait, right? They're Jamie's sitting there like Sound just like plan. his sister was combing her hair out, and there's a there's a, a a security guard or a sheriff's deputy posted there, and you know he's getting a little antsy, like we need to get out of here, or whatever. Well, I think that's what he's trying to get at, and Loomis is like. Charlie, Charlie, Michael Myers is outside. <laughs> Stay with the little girl. Like that was, you know, one of my favorite lines. And then later, Loom- I mean, God, Loomis had so many great lines. This I think that was the movie where he talks about evil on two legs. And he prayed in his heart, you know, that he would burn in hell, but he knew that hell would not have him. And then at the end... He's like, Michael, Michael, you don't need that. And tries to take the knife from him before he gets wrecked. And I mean, somehow Donald Pleasance is still alive and somehow Loomis is still alive. And none of it really makes sense. But, you know, Halloween 5 was just not good. It's one of the worst ones in the franchise to me. And I have talked with some of the people who were in the movie. They've all been perfectly lovely people gracious to their fans and i'll always love them for that but this movie was not very good they knew what they did (laughs) and so you know and and it just sort of continued from there like you know halloween six the movie was so bad that it it wrote them into a corner and they're like okay we have to explain who the heck this man in black is dominic often and gerard didn't really seem to know himself who that was gonna be?
1: They figured they would just figure it out, and then we'll just jump a couple years ahead. We'll kill Jamie, but Jamie's got a baby now. You, you so, know, the best, the best thing about Halloween Six, Paul Rudd. So yeah, so in Halloween Six, they jump ahead. Well,
0: they make the movie like it takes them five or six years to make the movie. They screw Danielle Harris over so, you know, she refuses to come back because they're not going to pay her the money she deserves to come back for a third consecutive film. Uh, they, they crap all over the original script. Um, they reshoot the movie. While they're filming the movie, Donald Pleasance, God rest his soul, finally passes away. Um,
1: so oh, I was hoping we were just going to talk about the director's cut. The
0: so so they them. had to reshoot the whole movie. They end not the whole movie. They reshoot most of it and they don't have Donald Pleasance. So like his part of the movie ends up feeling very truncated. They get they released the the movie. But it's known from the jump that there was in fact a another cut of the movie that had m- more footage and it's a different it's actually a different it plot. was the it was the precursor to the snyder cut right it's one of the early precursors to something yeah like a snyder cut that's a good that's a good call on that basically uh it was referred to in in circles as the producer's cut it was bootlegged for years at horror conventions you could get it on eBay I have a bootleg copy of it I bought it at a horror convention um they finally released it actually a few years ago on Blu-ray for the first time. And I bought that too. And, and it is a much better version of the movie. And now when I watch Halloween 6, I actually am kind of excited about it. Because it's it's still bad, but it's better than Halloween 5. It's
1: it's bad the way that Halloween 4 is kind of bad. Yes. But that one, Halloween, Halloween 6, also, they tried. Yes. They... And I think I it's think Halloween Six is the version. poster child of we tried, and,
0: and and you know so yeah so Tommy Doyle the character that Lori babysat in the original comes back, played by Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, uh, and this was like one of his earliest movies. So, um, it's cool because Paul Rudd takes it seriously. The immortal um, Paul Rudd. He yeah he he plays it. Um, the way the character's written is a little manic and weird, but he plays it very straightforward. Now, the movie does attempt to explain uh, that Michael is under the control of a, um, a cult that uses yeah, druid I... symbols to... couldn't like I guess he is possessed by the spirit of Halloween or something i I don't know it honestly doesn't make a whole lot of sense it has
1: something to do with the symbols and something about salwyn some celtic symbols some some mumbo jumbo and, and it's all vaguely like
0: possibly if you really look deeply into it connected to Halloween three which y'all really shouldn't have tried that hard but um it's it's really it's really a mess. The it, producer's cut, which does exist out there and you can buy it, if you ever decide you want to watch Halloween six, just go watch the producer's cut. There's really no need to watch that theatrical version anymore, in my opinion. No. And
1: you know It's it's a wonderful conclusion to what people refer to as the Thorn Trilogy. Uh yes. Although God. that is
0: <laughs> calling it the Thorn Trilogy is disrespectful <laughs> to Halloween four. Oh, man. Um, and, and, you know, you find out that, like, in the least interesting twist of all time, that the man in black from part five was Dr. Wynn, a guy you saw for maybe five seconds in the original Halloween. And it was me, Michael.
1: It was me all along. But
0: when Loomis confronts him, he does have that great line where Donald Pleasance, who is literally near death, is like, you are a madman like (laughs) um uh but so so yeah like i mean halloween that one was called the curse of michael myers because it does follow the pink panther formula there's return revenge and curse that's Uh, the one that also (laughs) ends
1: with (laughs) that's the one that ends with a loomis like going to either what who was going to kill what either michael or the other doctor and then at the end of it, the, the symbol of the black thorn or whatever, like, appears on his hand. And he's like, no! That was the original ending that is <laughs> restored in the producer's cut.
0: Oh, man. in the theatrical ending, because they didn't have Dr. Loomis, they just had him, like, the, the scene where he's like, before that happened in the producer's cut, where he's like, I have a little unfinished business to attend to. He says that in the theatrical version, but then he goes he goes back in, and because they didn't have him to shoot anything else, they just have like a shot of Michael's mask and the audio of Loomis from the producer's cut, kind of no, leaving you to think he he died for no specific reason off screen, <laughs> which Donald Pleasance deserves so much so better. much better, but um so. Halloween Six, for good or ill, was was bad enough to where it actually killed the franchise the first time. But much like Michael Myers, this franchise it refuses to has stay dead more than nine lives, and so they ended up, um, uh, a few years later, was actually the first retcon reboot uh, of of the series. So. Jamie Lee Curtis comes up with this idea. Uh, hey, it's 20 years now since we did this movie. Wouldn't it be fun for the fans if we all got the game back together? I'll come back, I'll get John Carpenter to direct it, and we'll make uh, 20 years later an anniversary movie. Well, you know, things didn't quite go the way they wanted because um, John Carpenter was kind of like, I mean, how y'all gonna pay me what you owe because he didn't make a whole lot of money on the first one he's like y'all gonna y'all gonna y'all gonna
1: y'all gonna gonna run me that check
0: y'all gonna open up them uh, pockets and dig deep (laughs) and uh, basically they were not willing to dig deep enough and so John Carpenter was like well you know I love you guys and I wish you success but I'll pass I don't blame him no no you're worse. and so Steve Miner who had directed some of the early Friday the 13th movies got involved I think he did two and three of uh, the Friday the 13th franchise. He got involved as the director. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis produced the movie. Uh, and, and this is... The the same crew, basically, that did Scream, which was very, very popular at the time, Um
1: It's my favorite horror movie of all time.
0: ...filmed uh, H2O. And, you know... So here's my problem with H2O. And I've said this to you before, Logan. I think... At the time, H2O was exciting and fun mm-hmm. and different because it chooses to act as if 4, 5, and 6 didn't happen. Well, it,
1: it was the first Halloween movie that I had ever seen. Yeah. So it, I have a conflicting relationship with it because, on the one hand, it's not a. The farther away we get from it, it's not a good movie but nostalgia i'm like yeah but this is what brought me to the dance yeah well it
0: that's kind of how i feel about rocky 5 you know what i mean like yeah
1: it, See, that is definitely not a good movie
0: it purports to be a a direct sequel to halloween t- uh, well not direct but like a sequel to halloween 1 and 2 mm-hmm. ignoring 4 5 and 6 and i don't know like it just it it it, it one, it's very short, and yeah, there's is. not a lot of meat on the bones of that script at all. It takes place in California instead of Haddonfield. The Michael Myers mask fiasco where they did the test screening, and they're like, that's not Michael Myers mask. Abysmal. Uh, the actor that plays Michael, who is a very nice man. I've talked to him several times. Uh, a very, uh, Actually, a very decent man. Um by all accounts, and uh, so you know, I wish him and his family well. He's a cool guy, but I just, it just didn't work for me. I don't think mm-hmm. he had the Michael Myers feel down at all, really. And the the mask fiasco that they did a test screen, someone was like, "That's not the mask." They tried to get the, the mask CGI back.
1: mask. The,
0: yeah, they tried to get the mask back from six. There, so there are scenes in the movie where it's the mask from six scenes where it's the new movie scenes uh, mask there's scenes where it's an amalgamation of both and then there's literally some sequences with a CGI mask because they ran out of time and it's they're all terrible it's obvious they replaced the original score with this really weird over-the-top synth stuff <laughs> that that took away a lot of the atmosphere from it
1: um, the, the biggest difference the biggest problem with Halloween H2O, which I don't know why we don't call it Halloween 20, H20. It's it's, it's H20. It's not Halloween water. Which, yeah, I never understood. Which I, I, I mean, you know. I, I the, the biggest problem is it is so much a product of its time yeah that it does the movie a disservice. You will, anyone who's never seen that movie and doesn't know anything about it will know immediately when they watch it, oh, this is an early 2000s Halloween movie. And it, This it, is a st- uh this is a stream on MTV movie. This this
0: is an MTV television movie. Yeah, it was definitely in the MTV generation. And I want to say Creed is playing in the credits, Creed, which don't I love yes, Creed. Yeah, but Creed is like, amazing. But, 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 but that good beats. god no. I mean, yes, it's it's a Creed yeah, there's Creed going on. You know, you got young Josh Hartnett, Michelle Williams, it's, LL Cool J. This is yeah, LL Cool J of all people. It's literally, and, and the Michelle Williams like this is literally happening at the same time. Dawson's Creek.
1: Is it's, yeah, I was about to say it's da- it's Halloween, In, Dawson's Creek.
0: Creek. Yeah, and it just Jamie Lee Curtis does a good job, but the movie is just there's a cool cameo from her mom.
1: Yeah, yeah, driving the car
0: from it. Psycho. That was cool, but it really the novelty of it has worn off and did not age well in yeah. my opinion and i just i i never really liked halloween h2o very much and the further away we get from it you know and its lasting legacy in my opinion oh halloween h2o was 1998 so yep, it's 98 the less, the lasting legacy of that movie in my opinion is the controversy that, that comes from retconning the ending. Because in the end... Oh yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in that movie too. Yes, he was. The The end of the film... I love the ending. Uh, Lori does what most people who watch any of these films have been begging people to do the entire time, which is just cut Michael's head off.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and she does it, and it's a it's a great ending but it's immediately retconned in the next movie in the dumbest possible way so uh, of course Halloween H20 is a big hit so inevitably we get uh, what I consider to be the single worst horror movie of all time (laughs) uh, in Halloween Resurrection Um, Halloween Resurrection is going to be so bad that it kills the franchise again and almost for good. Um, it uh, uh, Contractually, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, was slated to appear one more time so she shows up at the beginning of the movie. She's gone crazy after the events of H2O because she accidentally beheaded the wrong person because Michael pulled the okie doke switcheroo and it wasn't really him that she cut off the head of so she's institutionalized. And Michael kills her five minutes into the movie. It's very weird and uh, unceremonious. Um, And... You know, if the movie had ended right there, I'd have been like, that was weird, but okay. Right. It would have been better than what followed. Uh, Then, basically, they decide to do a reverse (sighs) War of the Worlds. Like, And what I mean by that is, like, War of the Worlds, um, the famous radio broadcast where... Where it was fake but on Halloween night but 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 people believed the radio broadcast was real, and they freaked out. they thought Martians were evading well, this was basically like the opposite of that. It's like they're doing this is the early days of the internet and in the in live streaming and stuff like that, so they get all these people to do this really stupid thing where they stay overnight in the Myers house and they have cameras rigged up everywhere, and there's people watching May. on the internet. And there's some fake stuff planted in there to make it, for them to find, to make it look creepy, but then real murders start happening, because of course Michael Myers shows up, and people watching think it's fake, so it's the reverse War of the Worlds, and Buster Rhymes was in the movie for some reason, I enjoyed him more than LL Cool J, um, it's very ponderous, um, Ryan Merriman is oh, kind of the star. The hero of Luck of the Irish. <laughs> this was a better movie. <laughs> yes, it was. Um,
1: oh, man. The man.
0: movie just is terrible. Tyra Banks. Who looked really good, but aside from looking good, I'm not sure why she was in the movie. Hey, America's Next Top Model uh, was big. Katie, that point, I Sackhoff, Katie, Sack, I, I, Katie Sackhoff. Katie Sackhoff. Who knows better. Katie Sackoff does know better. She should be ashamed. Um... The movie was just really bad, and it was the wor- easily the worst of the franchise besides Halloween 5, I think. The guy that was Toy Man in Smallville was the crazy dude at the beginning of the movie? Yes, he was. Um, I actually read somewhere sometime that there was at least a thought that maybe they would have a twist at the end of Halloween Resurrection where Michael was not Michael he was that dude from the beginning like Michael had just given him his mask also and the dude broke out and then Michael was going to show up at the end and
1: kill him and it was going to set up another sequel like that would have been interesting but I wouldn't have cared because at that point one. you would have if if it's bad the movie itself is bad enough it becomes even more unforgivable if I've just sat through a Halloween movie where Michael Myers is killing people only to then find out that it's not even Michael Myers. I'm like, I am done with it. I think that would have permanently killed the franchise. No, I don't, I, I agree. I don't think well, Rob Zombie would I, have gotten a chance to make... Actually, maybe. Maybe that should have happened. No, I think this, this
0: movie almost permanently killed the franchise anyway. But I agree with you. I, you know, I, it's just... It's like... And that would have been a a cheap trick that they had already done in like Friday the thirteenth part five, where you find out at the end it's not really Jason Like, yeah. and you know this movie was also directed by Rick Rosenthal of Halloween Two fame, so this it was odd that it was this bad he knew better, he did know better um at around that same time he was doing episodes of uh, Smallville there in the the few years right he definitely that. knew better then but um so so yeah, like um Halloween Resurrection sucked and it killed the franchise again. Um,
1: brought it Although to new lows. It, it gave us wonderful lines, such right. as Michael Myers is a shark in baggy overalls. Yeah, um,
0: Buster Rhymes fights Michael with kung fu. Says Happy Halloween, Mikey. Trick or treat, mother effer. It was. It was bad. Yeah. Um, a lot of choices got made
1: all of them
0: the wrong ones yeah almost all of them terrible uh so yeah can
1: we can we yeah let's let's do the can
0: we just okay well well let, let's let's transition and talk briefly about Rob Zombie's films and 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 we'll like we'll we'll do that as a separate segment so people watching this can can or listen rather listening to this can click into that if they just want to like you know Hear us rant about that or whatever, separate from this, or if they want, or if no they want to, if they want to skip it. So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is painful to talk about, but after we don't
1: have to, uh, we do. we can skip
0: it. At, we're gonna be brief. After Resurrection, completely murdered the franchise. Um, some time would pass. And Rob Zombie was allowed to remake the original movie. Um, (sighs) Rob Zombie would have been perfect for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Unfortunately, he was the strangest choice you could have gone with for something like Halloween. Because there's nothing subtle about Rob Zombie. I like his music. I like some of his movies. But there's really nothing subtle about it. And, and, you know, here's the thing. Here's for me... His remake inspired me to watch the original before I saw his remake. However. However. Um, you know, it, it was a bad movie. It's not scary. We were treated to a, re, a complete reimagining where we got way too much Michael with way too much psychology way way too, too many rednecks bags. in illinois cursing oh my god the dialogue is this just, just the drunk redneck abusive trope the stripper mom the everything about it was just not halloween and in the, in the first hour of the movie is just really ponderous even though we do get malcolm mcdowell as loomis and he's a good actor and i like malcolm mcdowell it's just really weird. And then, like, when Michael is older, he's Tyler Maine, who played Sabretooth in the original X-Men movies. So, like, he's this big hulking beast who's more akin to Jason than Michael. Uh, it, it's just not Halloween. It does not feel like Halloween. Danny
1: Trejo got bamboozled into being in the movie. It, I don't know if that's true. I just assume, because It just... Why? It feels like, uh, and, and, and I will
0: say this: I will say this for Rob Zombie. If Halloween 1978, the original film, didn't exist, and Rob Zombie had just made a slasher movie called Halloween, and it was his movie, good I, movie, I think we would look at that as the best Rob Zombie movie, and I think we would look at it as an as an as an interesting addition to the slasher genre in the mid 2000s but I do not think that it would have become an iconic character the way that what Carpenter and Deborah Hill created did no and so you know it and then of course and and, and this is really all I have to say about this um, a couple of years later of course it did well enough for him to get a sequel he did Halloween 2 H2 and and the first 15 minutes... It's the of, third worst Halloween 2 movie. It is. The first 15 minutes of Halloween 2 are a very bloody, creepy send-up of the original Halloween 2. It was great. And it was it was actually really good. It was far better than anything in that first movie period. And then Lori wakes up from... And you realize she's been having a nightmare. And when she wakes up from the dream... That was when I, Logan, woke up from the idea that this could possibly be a good movie. And Halloween 2 was just baffling. It was
1: was so bad. And
0: weird and just, and, and I will say this again. I think Rob Zombie, and I mean this genuinely, I didn't like what he did. I do thank him for trying to do something different. Because he was hired to do something different and he did something different. I just don't like what he did. He tried.
1: He tried, but but his he trying was it was. Oh
0: god! What
1: he did was hot garbage. Okay, real quick, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna run through. Okay, so first movie, there's like 40 minutes of backstory that I do not give a flying fuck about. I do not care about Michael's troubled home life. Do not humanize the boy to me.
0: It also robs him of anything remotely creepy or terrifying. Yes, because at the end of the day, I'm like, you're you, you just had a shitty home life. Like
1: I don't care. Well, they just made him a little psychopath with with some. It's like, oh, you you, you know. have you have a you have a stripper mom, an abusive step the, dad. Yeah, I guess like that, yeah. you kill animals. It, oh, it, the kids pick on. It. I don't care. You're it, I don't feel bad for you because you're still a psycho, but all of the interesting things about the... The character's interesting when you don't know anything about the character. It's like Han Solo. I don't want to know that the reason his last name is Solo is because when he joined the Empire, he was by himself. That's stupid. Yeah. I don't need to know about Michael's childhood. It doesn't matter. Also, um... The scene where he breaks out of the asylum, and I want to say it's only in the unrated cut. Okay, I am perfectly fine with with him killing the, like, rapey rednecks. Good for him for killing them. Um, It doesn't make any sense that he lets the woman live because Michael doesn't feel compassion. He would just kill everyone that was in his way. And she was there, so she would get murdered. But it makes even less sense when, literally, three minutes later, Danny Trejo, who's been nothing but nice to him the entire time, is then brutally murdered. Yeah. I... What? And Danny Trejo deserved better. Okay? Just bad. Okay, so then... Honestly, those are my main problems with the first one. Oh, Danielle Harris came
0: back for the Rob Zombie Halloween
1: movies. She knows better. That, that, if it was, if it was never being in another Halloween movie or being in Rob Zombie's Halloween movie, she should have gone with never being in another Halloween movie. and Brad
0: Dourif of Chucky and Grima Wormtongue fame came, Sheriff Brackett, and, and, and gave two performances that were much like what Jamie Lee Curtis does in the in the later movies. I not I don't warranted at all. I don't mind him. He's good in those movies. Like literally, you're better no, than this. There was no reason for him to be that good. You were in Lord of the Rings, sir. You no. don't have to do this. There was also no reason in the first movie for Malcolm McDowell to be as good as he
1: was. Oh, we gonna get to Malcolm McDowell's portrayal of of Doctor Luma. We gonna get there. <laughs> but that's pretty much how I that the the first movie. It's I. Right. It's got a good ending. I enjoyed it. It's great. Second movie, first 15-20 minutes, masterpiece. When she wakes up, this is a bad movie. Okay, Um, my biggest problems with this start with how dare you ruin the character of Dr. Loomis in this second movie. How dare you? You should be ashamed. Rob Zombie, Apologize. Oh, absolutely. Please. Secondly, yeah. secondly, um, what the hell is up with Michael seeing his mom on a white horse with little him in his Halloween costume? I don't understand why
0: it suddenly started taking cues from the whole kill
1: her mommy right? aspect of the Jason movies. Like, I'm like, bro, are you crazy? Did you take some shrooms to help you get over this
0: nonsense? What I'm talking about, Braves take everyone right in the there bottom of the
1: night. <laughs> we, we, we told y'all this was gonna happen. We warned you. We, uh, anyway. We out we here. Go. We on. One down, three more to go. Let's do this. None of it. None of this best of seven crap. I need y'all to win the next three and be done. Anywho, um, so. Why are you seeing your dead mom riding a white horse? Is that supposed to be like a metaphor for death because death rode a pale horse? Do you see your mother on the pale horse so then you have to bring death everywhere she goes? Okay, sure. That's a weird metaphor. Doesn't make any sense. Was nowhere to be found in the first movie, but sure, I'll roll with it. Why in the... Why does Lori see it at the end of the movie? She never knew what her biological mother looked like and didn't know what young Michael looked like. It doesn't make any sense unless it's some type of supernatural bullshit. Because the crazy passed to her. That's not how that works. That's not how that works. Now, had you given me a third movie where Lori was out here killing everybody, I'd have been like, you know what? It's different. You tried. It's probably going to be better than the first two. I'll go with it. But the biggest, the biggest problem I have with Rob Zombie's Halloween, duh. The, the most egregious the deuce, of errors. The deuce. The hot deuce. The, the most egregious of errors. The the biggest sin of that entire movie. How in the ever-loving blue hell do you have the nerve to call your movie Halloween anything and yet nowhere in your movie
0: is the theme music and to quote zombie we just couldn't find a
1: place for it to fit then your movie is fundamentally flawed that's like me going to watch the saw movies and at no point do i hear zepp's overture if that if that is nowhere in your in your saw movie guess what you made a bad saw movie if i don't hear your if I don't hear that in your Halloween movie, guess what? You, 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 you failed. You made a bad You hour. You made a... If you can't find a singular place to put it in there, you failed. And what makes it even worse, and we've joked about this before, if you're not going to give me the Halloween music, then at least, at the very least, you're Rob Zombie. Find a place to slide in Dracula in that movie somewhere. True story. If Dragula had played in the movie, probably would have made it better. Would it have been a great movie? No. But at least it would have been enjoyable, because I could have looked over to you when we watched the movie and like, dig through the... I, I'm not going to sing it. We don't have the rights to that. Um, but yeah, so I, I... If you can't tell, I hate Rob Zombie's Halloween movies. They're they're problematic. They're great movies that, it, much like Halloween 3, Season of the Vavitch, if... The rest of the Halloween franchise did not exist. Rob Zombie's movies would have been weird, but enjoyable. Yes. But since the rest of the franchise exists, it's kind of like you took all the things that you thought were what made Halloween Halloween, but you took all the bad crap that like just doesn't make any sense. It's like you didn't learn your lesson from Halloween 5. Yeah. So... There's that. Uh and now that we've done this, I'm never talking about these movies ever again. And it it Halloween to
0: effectively killed the franchise for a third time. I that was
1: weighing on my chest. I needed to get that out. I Thank you. Know. Get, good to <laughs> exercise these demons. Oh man. Mind. And, you know,
0: I uh I have to say, you know, I as a Halloween fan, I did appreciate that there were Halloween movies, you know, that I could go see in the theaters and that kind of stuff. But I knew that, that I was screwed at that point because then there, there were, there were lots of reboots and remakes after that of the other franchises and Michael's movies went into development hell again and they couldn't ever get their act straight. And it would be nine years before we would get another one. And it was a long drought. And that drought was broken in 2018 by David Gordon Green's um, Halloween, which was the third film in the franchise to be called Halloween.
1: But it was technically Halloween Halloween 2. I call it Halloween. I call it Halloween H4O. Which is
0: also accurate because basically, it has a loose skeletal structure that is very similar to H two O, but it's just done way better. So, see if this strikes you as familiar. Jamie Lee Curtis returns. Chick John Carpenter has some involvement this time. Chick. Uh, it deals with trauma and Laurie not being able to get over what happened in on Halloween nineteen seventy eight. Chick. It retcons lots of movies that came before it. Check! Lori is actually pretty badass and has been preparing for Michael.
1: Check? I don't think she was preparing for Michael in Halloween H2O, but... Lori's family is under attack. Check. Lori's family is tired of her bullshit concerning Michael Myers. Yes, check. Check.
0: And at the end... Lori manages to deal what should have been a final blow to Michael. Check. The difference is, this movie, <laughs> this one was good, directed by David Gordon Green and, and co-written with him and uh, uh, Danny McBride, this was actually a, an amusing, creepy, and funny movie. Like, a, a, a decent movie that harkened back to lots of earlier moments in the franchise while also basically retconning everything except the first movie. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. It's been very controversial. Did Halloween 2018, did it have to retcon Halloween 2? Should it have left that
1: in place? I say yes, but I only say that because that's something I liked about the franchise. I don't think it takes anything away from any of the other movies, or this one, for it to just be a sequel to the Like, Laurie does not have to be Michael's sister. Uh, Well, I think that it does open up more
0: narrative pathways for it to be, uh, for for that to not be the case now. Because, okay, we've tried several times
1: to continue that story, let's do something different. Here's the thing. Well, I, I like it because in the entire... And we'll get to this movie in a second. But in mm-hmm. Halloween Kills, Laurie is convinced that he's coming for her. And by, like, the th- middle of the third act of the movie, somebody's like, this has nothing to do with you. Yeah, He just wants to go home. Yeah. and
0: I, I mean, you know, the movie, it's it like... <laughs> It starts with this idea that Michael was captured on Halloween night, which is a retcon, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it would have been much more powerful if he had just disappeared and never been heard from again until this night.
1: Just sitting in a cabin eating pork and beans, killing mean Joe Grizzly. Instead, he's getting transferred.
0: He escapes. He comes to town. It all plays out a lot like the original movie.
1: Uh, it's a well, little... He only he only even thinks about escaping, though, because those idiot podcasters show up. Yeah. And they're like, Michael, I have your mask! Sir. Like, sir. Sir, sir and ma'am. Sir Hugh should have... Uh... That was Sir Hugh was of the Veil. That was Sir vale. Hugh of the Veil vale <laughs> from season one of Game of Thrones. Uh, he died much like he died in Game of Thrones.
0: Well, and, and you know what's so goofy about that is, like, in the actual context of the story, if you're retconning everything else... It makes absolutely. There's zero no sense There's no reason to he Michael, would have any attachment to that mask. He would. Mask. He wouldn't care about the mask because it was just a random mask he got from the hardware store. So like when he's, they're like, "It's your mask. You feel it, don't you, Michael? You can feel
1: the evil, Michael. <sighs> feel it calling to you. Feel, feel it. Say
0: something.
1: Feel it coursing through your veins. Like, like what the? F- are, are you like? Are you
0: flirting with him? It's like the what mask. What are you doing? Like, the mask doesn't, like, have any attachment to him for him. Because, it's not like, the ring from Lord of the Rings. It's not... There's nothing magical about the damn mask. And that was kind of goofy. And then, like, it, it kind of doesn't make sense that, like, you know... I don't know. There were some things about that. And we'll talk about that with Halloween Kills. There were some things where it's like... It seems like the movie is informed by years of real-world fandom. Yeah. But not as much by, like, what a world where Michael Myers only popped up once would really look like. Yeah. So, like, it, the movie ends up being pretty good.
1: Um, you know... Well, it, going back to that, is it kind of... Like, I understand Laurie being, like, paranoid about Michael. But in this, in the world of Halloween H4O, Halloween 2018, it's kind of random that she hasn't been able to move past this in 40 years. Yeah. Because it, oh, it was one night. And yes, I am not taking away from the fact that it would have been very traumatic because a lot of her friends died that night and their, their parents died that night? No. 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 Okay, so, but I can also understand her being, like, a hovering, overprotective mother. But to the extent that she was, it doesn't make any sense. Because, for all you know, Michael Myers is going to rot in his, like, padded cell and die there. Like, there hasn't, there hasn't been, like, repeat, like, I'm coming for you. Like, it was one night 40 years ago. And you have not seen nor heard from this dude since then. Why are you so convinced that he's going to come back? Like, he's going to escape and he's going to come for you. Like, we know that he is because it's mm-hmm. a movie. But in the world of this, in the universe of this movie, I would assume she would have found a way to move past this by now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Considering that, like, what, her granddaughter is, what, 16, 17 years old at this yeah. point? Like, let it go. Yeah,
0: I I do think that it was a little bit weird that Lori like,
1: was still, yeah, I, I do think that that, just that aspect of it. I mean, was, was it, was it badass to see her, like, murder cabin that she had designed to trap him in there and kill him? Yes. It was cool. But it doesn't make any sense. It, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But Jamie Lee Curtis
0: is very committed to it. Yeah, she does a really good job. Um, For the most part, Coach Yost.
1: I love love Coach Yost. Yeah, like
0: so. um, That actor's name is Bill Patton, isn't it? His name is Coach Yost. Yeah, Coach Yost from Remember the Titans. Uh, He has some history with Laurie. It's 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 implied. He has history with Michael. Um, He feels some responsible. We don't really know why, but he feels responsible for not. Because he was the one who captured Michael, but, like, he feels responsible for not, I guess, killing Michael. And he has this guilt that, you know, like, it seems like he's got something heavy on his mind, which we learn more about in Halloween Res... I mean, oh, God, Halloween Kills. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, although, according to Halloween Kills, he's not even the one that caught him. Yeah, and... um. Did Michael kill again? Um. <laughs> uh, but, but. Um. But yeah, like. Did he unleash the evil <laughs> sheriff?
1: Did he unleash the beast? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god. Um. <laughs> I must end it!
1: I must end it! My god!
0: <laughs> this is like Halloween ends tonight.
1: Halloween ends tonight. <laughs> like we're all entitled to one good kill on Halloween. Like uh, that, <laughs> No. no the line we are was, not.
0: Um oh, now we're just getting delirious. But like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, Halloween, you know, Halloween. <laughs> that's what I that I told you, that's what I call it, okay. to distinguish it. Halloween. Um it it was a fun movie. Yes. I enjoyed it. The mask looked cool. Yeah. James Hugh Courtney was actually a fun Michael Myers. I thought I think he actually nailed that. John Carpenter came back and wrote new music for it with his son Cody Carpenter and the soundtrack was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh there were the the teenage characters you actually kind of cared about again for the first time in a long time.
1: Yeah. The Some humor, of them had a brutal end.
0: Yeah, Danny McBride did a good job with the the like humor Mm -hmm. there's the really cool like sort of what i don't think it's literally a single take but looks like a single take that is a is an homage to to halloween 2 even though they were retconning halloween 2 where you know you like you really see him like go through and kill people and you you see him kill some people that look a lot like the elrod couple from halloween 2 and um i really enjoyed halloween 2018 It's not a perfect film, and it doesn't hold up super, super, super well on a lot of subsequent watches. But it is, it was a more competent film and featured better performances than most of the sequels. And I do think that it was a decent setup. I think it was a decent... Uh, set up for what, what was quickly announced
1: to be a trilogy. Yeah. And it is... <sighs> Some people might hate me for this. It is the first best Halloween two. Uh Yeah, I would agree.
0: And so it... You know, I don't really have too much more to say about it other than, you know, it, it is a good it does serve a good purpose if you watch Halloween and
1: then you go straight to the new movie you know i i feel the, uh, the i feel the way about Halloween 2018 that i do about the cobra kai series out of all of these remakes and reboots and like 30 40 year later sequels this one unlike a lot of them is made with a heart and appreciation for the franchise that I think shows while watching it.
0: I agree. I agree. Um, so, all right, we have reached that magic moment friends. Um, if you have not seen Halloween kills, the most recent installment that just premiered in theaters Thursday night and on Uh, the Peacock streaming service Friday morning.
1: Once again, we're not sponsored by Peacock.
0: Please pause us here. Go see the movie because everything that's about to happen over the next 15, 20 minutes as we review this movie is full on spoilers. Yes. Okay. We're going to spoil things. Uh, so just, uh, We're gonna spoil things, so just make sure that you uh, are uh prepared for that. Alright, once more, you're gonna get spoiled if you stick around. Alright, good. I don't care if you get spoiled. Going. You're,
1: you're, you're a grown adult.
0: Get over Going it. and gone. Okay. Alright. So uh Uh Logan, we saw the movie the other night. I did. Um, and I watched it again this afternoon, um, on Peacock. Um, so I've seen the movie twice. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about it. Um, because I have so many thoughts and they follow logically on each other, it's going to come across a little bit like a soliloquy. So I'll tell you what, you hit us with your thoughts first. And then no, I'm just going to fill in. You just go ahead and go. It's It probably would not work that way the way mine is designed.
1: I, so, I mean, I don't... What did you think? What did you think of the movie? I mean, it's a good movie. It's, I, it's not as good as Halloween 2018. Uh, the dialogue makes a little bit less sense in this one because people talk in a way that they normally just wouldn't. People talk in this movie in a way that they wouldn't talk in real life and they also wouldn't talk in the universe of this movie. Um, I like the fact that uh, they bring a lot of the characters back from the first movie. I like that Tommy Doyle is in it. I still wish it had been Paul Rudd. The nurse from the first movie is in it. That I thought that was great. The other... I forget the. Uh, I think her name is Lindsay, uh, from the 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 other kid that was being babysat. Yep. Yeah, uh, they and it's the same actress That's there the too. Same actress. Yeah, uh, I thought that was great. It's the same nurse too, right? Same, same nurse.
0: Great. Who was in um, Two N H Two O?
1: Um. Oh yeah, because it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt that went to her house in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um. I think this one does a better job of picking up from the first one than the original halloween 2 did Mm -hmm. because this one takes place the exact same night so uh laurie and her daughter and her granddaughter on the way to the hospital when the fire trucks pass by to go put the fire out is like let it burn i'm like y'all should probably let it burn (laughs) because whatever is in that it ain't a man Whatever is in that house is gonna unleash unholy hell on this town if you let him out. Spoiler alert, they let him out. He brutally kills a bunch of firemen. Uh it was it was rough. Uh, they they died hard. Um Coach Yost gets rushed to the hospital by Lori's granddaughter's boyfriend. He's he should have died. Uh the enti- I like the fact that finally the entire town is like, fuck this. We are about to we killing Michael Myers. He about to get the whole 10-50. Right, he catching hands, it, it, bats, <laughs> axes, guns, knives. He getting the
0: business. It circles back to the Halloween 4 trope of
1: the town has had enough. Right. Um. It The town has had enough, but they did not have enough to take on Michael you Myers. You were not wrong. Um. I also... So, it ends very sadly for one character, but I like the fact that it does a great job of portraying what it would actually be like if this happened in the real world and a town, and a mob of townspeople were just fed up and they were going to go deal with it themselves. Um, basically, the mob mentality winds up in a guy who they think is Michael Myers being chased, and unfortunately the guy suffers from mental illness and because he's so terrified, he just takes his own life. And people are trying to tell the people in the town that that's not Michael Myers, but they're all worked up in a frenzy that they don't listen and they don't stop to think about what they're doing until after old buddy has jumped out from like the 12th story of a, of a hospital. Yeah. Um, the town completely stops listening to the police Tommy Doyle says some nonsense about like, we watched your your department uh, handle this poorly the entire night. Which makes no sense. Because literally the sheriff did everything he could short of being
0: like, also, I'm canceling Tommy, Halloween. Tommy just found out that this was happening like five minutes earlier. Right? So I, he didn't actually watch anything fail. Like, calm down, night. Tommy. He was not privy to the information that we are as the audience, which is that the sheriff did know that this was a likely thing to occur right and he made what i still think was mm-hmm. a fair decision he made is, the best
1: choice he could have let's in that just situation not
0: panic everybody and keep our eyes and ears open which well, is yeah, what they did that, in the original that's, movie and it's that's still what would you know, make
1: sense in that scenario it does not benefit anybody to be like hey just so y'all know, that psychopath that, like, ran through this town 40 years ago, he got out, and more than likely, he's on his way back. Because the thing that happened in this movie, where the town loses their shit, would have happened in the last movie. Besides being like, hey, Michael Myers is in town, we're canceling Halloween, that wouldn't have done anything, because as we've, as we've learned in the last year and a half, you can cancel whatever you want to and tell people not to go do stuff. People going to go do stuff. Right. That's just how that's that's human nature. You tell people not to do something, they're going to do it. Um it it's very sad because a bunch of the original characters from the first movie do end up meeting their demise in this movie. Uh Lonnie dies off screen so I don't really actually wait no. Everybody except for the the Lindsay girl. She she made it. Yeah she made it. Yeah, good friend. I guess she'll pop up in Halloween ends. Um I love the fact that <laughs> towards the end of the movie, uh Michael is about to kill Lori's granddaughter whose name I don't remember. Allison Thank you. And her mother played by uh Judy Greer. Judy Greer aka old girl from 13 going on 30 not you know ben affleck's ex-wife um she's like uh she has michael's mad she's like come after me if you want to kill somebody kill me and she lures him into a trap where the like a bunch of townspeople nowhere near the crazy mob that was going batshit crazy earlier like i guess all of those people went home after they're responsible for the death of an innocent man. By the way, I'd arrest all those people. They'd all be going to jail. Yeah. Um, but I guess about what ten, fifteen people show up and surround Michael, and they're all like, "You don't pick the wrong neighborhood today, Chief." I think the sheriff probably resigned. Oh, he probably retired and left. He was like, "I'm I'm tired of this BS." But uh, and Coach Yost will probably be the new sheriff in the final move. I'd appreciate it. It'd be dope. Um they're all like, "We going we going we going to show you what's good, Michael." Uh and they proceed to beat the holy hell out of Michael Myers. And I'm like, "Huh. That's impressive. It's not going to work, but that's impressive." Um and it 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 kind of sort of ends with Laurie's daughter stabbing him in the shoulder. Yeah, she, like, like what?
0: I, I don't know why she didn't just go for the head. I don't know if the plot demanded that or she was I, just stupid.
1: I, she, I don't, she, oh, she was stupid. Or both. She's stupid. But then, you know, she leaves, goes back to her daughter. Uh, then you get a wonderful monologue from Lori about how Michael has infected this town. And as long as people are afraid, there's nothing that can be done about Michael Myers. And that cuts wonderfully to Michael getting up. And brutally murdering all of those people, uh, which they kind of, they brought that on themselves. And then Tommy Doyle is brutally murdered and get his head bashed in with a baseball bat. And then Lori's daughter, for some reason, goes back up to the room, Judith's room. Mm -hmm. And Michael comes out of nowhere and brutally kills her, which didn't make any sense because the police were still outside. The police were still outside. Her daughter was still on the front porch. How did Michael get back into the house? Did he go with the secret tunnels that we didn't know about? Because, I mean, there were tunnels in Halloween Resurrection. (laughs) Oh. Right? Um, But, yeah, brutally kills her. And Lori is like, Michael has claimed this town as his own or some such nonsense. (laughs) And then it uh, cut to the credits. And I was like, that was fun not the worst halloween movie i've ever seen it it, it's somewhat enjoyable uh i'll probably like it more now that i know what to expect from this because it's very Uh, it's very different from halloween twenty eighteen. i liked it better the second time um for sure knowing what to expect but yeah yeah that i'm i'll it's a six and a half out of seven Six and a half, seven out of
0: ten. Yes, I one hundred percent agree that it's a six point five out of ten. Uh, I'm I'm gonna just take this because I'm it. all right. Okay, so uh, I agree with uh, Logan. Nice job on the recap there. I do what I can. I agree with with the, and when you were inserting commentary, I pretty much agreed with what you were saying. Definitely a middle of the pack movie. I see a lot of people getting really butthurt and and being angry and saying the movie sucks and all that. But like, I I don't know what they were expecting. It's the twelfth installment in a slasher franchise, and
1: let's be honest, it's not gone with the wind. Have done at this point, they've already done.
0: You weren't going to get fooled or shocked or surprised. I mean, what you look for in a Halloween movie, you get brutal, brutal kills. You got it. You look for creepy music, you got it. John Carpenter came back again. Although the score was more minimalist than I was expecting this yeah, time. Yeah. You got fan service, you got characters coming back, you got lines and shots and scenes recalling things. You know, so I you know, I think it's better than five, six for me H two O, Resurrection, and both Rob Zombie films. So I mean, what else do you have to complain about? Really? As you were saying a minute ago, it's a very different film than Halloween 2018. Um, It goes in a different direction, but I actually, after seeing it twice, I do have uh, a significant number of thoughts about it, and I'll try to, like, be brief because, you know, we don't want the podcast to be three or four hours. I mean, now, shout out to our friend Hunter who would listen for three or four hours, but most most people don't want three or four hours. Here, Here's the thing. I'm going to talk about the things that I don't like first, and then I'm going to run down the things that I like or we're okay with. Whatever. Uh, it suffers from middle sequel syndrome. Mm-hmm. And we knew that going in because it's an announced trilogy. But as you said when we were leaving the theater, even though we knew it going in, it still would have been nice if it felt less or more standalone. standalone. Yeah. Like, it was such a setup film for Halloween Ends.
1: Um, it, it's it's the Iron Man two of this trilogy of Halloween
0: movies. Right. And much like the original Halloween two, it sidelines Lori in a hospital for most of it, which mm-hmm. I think most critics and fans alike agree. She does a great job in, in the sequences she's in. Jamie Lee Curtis is on fire acting wise. But she's not given a whole lot to do, so it's sidelined the real star of the movie. That was a mistake, I think. Um, I think the tone is a little bit uneven. Um, it's a little over the top. And that the humor mostly works, but like the movie feels a little bit unbalanced and it, and it's it's really just kind of wild like <laughs> there're a lot of wild things going on you know a lot of brutal kills juxtaposed with you know the hilarious gay couple big john and little john who live in the myers house oh
1: my god i forgot oh my about god big john and little john
0: i love big john and little john and and little john was played by the guy that played stewart on uh was Mad, that, TV. Mad TV. Yeah. And I swear, if at any point he had been like, hey, Michael, look what I can do, I would have given a standing ovation in the I theater. would have
1: immediately been like, eight and a half stars out of ten.
0: Um, Did you notice, Logan, that the dialogue was noticeably cheesy in several key moments? Yeah. Like, people are running uh, around speaking in platitudes and
1: Evil Dies Tonight. Well, and. Uh, Which they overdid the tagline of that. Like, I get it. Evil dies tonight. It's not going to shut up. And and like every, I think the problem was though they made everybody sound like they were all channeling Doctor Loomis. Yes, everybody talked like Loomis. And it only you can only have one Loomis in a movie. Otherwise, it just sounds weird.
0: And Loomis himself was in the movie, and he sounded real Loomis like.
1: And if the uh, and. The, like okay, so you've got Loomis in the flashbacks, which I thought the flashbacks were done very well. Yes. Um. In the present day, the only character that needs to sound like Loomis is Laurie, right? Because one, she's 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 the main character of the movie, and she was around when all of that happened, right. and she's the she's the wise, sage-like character. Let her play the role of Loomis mm-hmm. and let her granddaughter play the role of her. Right. Everyone in town, especially spastic-ass Tommy Doyle, does not need to be trying to sound like Dr. Loomis. Yeah, it's
0: really weird that they – the, yeah, the dialogue was cheesy in several spots. There's Everyone's talking like Loomis. And, but, like, they said the phrase – 40 years ago or on this night, 40 years ago, or did you know that 40 years ago they referenced the original movie about 16 different times and four the, sets
1: of a decade ago.
0: This, It was so repetitive and kind of forced that like after a while I was like, especially on the second watch, I was like, this is less annoying because I know that like I knew it was coming But man, these people, like, did not do another pass on the script, It makes no
1: sense, because everybody in that town would know that it happened 40 years ago. Also, everyone watching this movie knows that the original was 40 years ago. My problem with that is, you're treating the audience like they're stupid. And I do not appreciate when movies are like, the audience isn't going to get this, so we need to beat them over the head with it. Like, trust your audience, please.
0: You know, I, I do... (sighs) <sighs> I yeah I agree with that. Like so here's my thing. Like it's getting mixed receptions. I the critics didn't care for it much, but I think the audience likes it a lot more. That's usually how this goes. I do think that this is one of those things where the things that didn't work about this definitely brought out retrospectively the things that didn't work about Halloween 2018 and I do think that this has Disney Star Wars potential.
1: <laughs>
0: what I mean is if Halloween ends is a wet fart, the Halloween Green trilogy might retroactively be looked at as a bad experiment, as a failed experiment. So I do think even though I did like Halloween 2018 and I did mostly still like this movie, I, I, I am thinking that Halloween Ends is either going to redeem it or it's going to kill the franchise again. So <laughs> there's a whole lot riding on what comes next, I think. Now, talking about some of the things I really did like and why I still mostly like it. Um, I like going back to the mob mentality uh, idea of Halloween 4. That was one of my favorite things about Halloween 4 is the town banding together over its shared trauma. Um, I like that Haddonfield feels like a character in this movie in a way that maybe it never has before. I like that the title seems to reflect the theme. Halloween is this thing that, that brings death to the town. It kills. Michael is like a personification of Halloween. You know, it, it's like, in what Halloween has come to mean. And that fear that Michael feeds off of, you know. And... um. Um, and, and so, you know, I like that stuff. Now, do I think that it could have been done much better? Yes. I'm not sure that why the whole town would join Tommy Doyle and immediately abandon law and order. Most of these people probably were not affected by what Michael Myers did 40 years ago. And most did, of those and people
1: probably were like, we're going home.
0: They also didn't know who he was. Like, even like. Though he was killing people like that same night, they didn't know about it. I mean, Tommy found out like twenty minutes into the movie. So, like some of that didn't make a lot of sense. Um, but I did think it was funny how they teased Halloween two, even though Halloween two doesn't exist, like they actually showed images of Annie, and then the whole thing of like Lori's in the hospital and people keep saying, He's coming here, he's coming to the hospital but he never actually did so that was kind of like a tease of Halloween 2 I think like a wink at the audience um i liked the new characters i liked the mixed couple with the drone and i liked big john and little john um also nice cameo by uh julian the funny little kid from the first movie yes. that was hilarious um you know uh the big john little john stuff that was just Sublime. I really loved all of that. Um, uh, the, the <laughs> he stabbed his sister in the tits is like one of the greatest lines of all time. Uh, I think one of the things I'm, I'm I'm glad that Cameron showed back up and wasn't an asshole. Yeah. Because when I was watching Halloween 2018, you can actually see it if you pay close attention. Yes, he's drunk and he's kind of talking to that chick, but she really did kiss him. Yes. And and what his big mistake was being drunk and being kind of a butthole and throwing Allison's phone. Like, that was kind of the the thing, you know? So, like, I'm glad that he showed up. He died hard.
1: Yeah. But he tried. Yeah. It, um, That does suck, because he wasn't an asshole. So, when he dies, I'm like, I actually feel bad for this dude.
0: I like that the little brats from the first movie who were running around in the uh, masks inspired by Halloween 3 season of The Witch got, like, like, at least some of them got killed. One of them did, yeah. Yeah. I didn't feel bad. Not at all. They were little shits. But I found their, they're like, being little shits to be very, very realistic. Oh, yeah. To how kids actually are nowadays. Yeah. Um, undisciplined, untrained brats who need to get beat. That's pretty much what a lot of kids are like. Um, more than anything, like, I really, 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 really love michael in this movie yeah he's brutal he's evil there's a lot of creepy moments here i like the new music i'm so glad hawkins is alive
1: yeah that I was, was really that, afraid he was
0: gonna die i'm glad because it undid some of the bullshit that dr rindbeer sartain did he was by far the worst part of halloween 2018 sartain. um I think that the flashback sequence to 1978 where they show how Michael got caught, uh, it mostly works. Yeah. I don't think we needed the cover-up scene because, like, nobody, like, yeah, we get it. Young Hawkins accidentally, like, when he was trying to stop Michael from killing his partner, he accidentally shot and killed his partner. He was not going to go to jail for that, so we didn't need that cover-up scene.
1: Yeah, no, that was kind of a waste of time.
0: Uh, But... Michael looked great. The mask looked great. The The actor that they got to play, Loomis, I think they augmented it a little bit with CGI, but it looked great.
1: I like the burnt effects on the mask after. Oh, that was, that was that great. Was, that was top notch.
0: Um, I'm glad that they addressed Ray's death, which was uh, Laurie's uh, son-in-law. I'm glad that they addressed his death. Um, you don't see that a lot in slasher movies, so they took time to let there be some grief yep. in the midst of a lot of chaos. Um... I think the movie does live up to the title Michael kills literally everyone. I did enjoy seeing the familiar faces return um even though as I was telling you, I don't know that it makes a lot of sense that Nurse Marion would have known or cared about who Tommy Doyle and Lindsay and Lonnie were, but you know maybe survivors meet up groups I don't know um uh, michael i I you want to talk about that um. I do enjoy the that the end seems to, with Laurie's monologue, set up this idea that Michael has transcended being a human now uh, and that that's something that they're going to actively be talking about as characters. Like, look, we know this guy is something else and we're going to have to treat him as such. I like the, the subtle nods to Halloween 2 and 3 and 4. Mm. I... I would rank this movie above, like I said, Resurrection, H2O, both zombie films, 5, 6. And, uh, you know, it might be tied with Halloween 2018 for me. Um, You know, I, I think what I'm, I'm curious to see what comes next. You know, I will admit that this one had been test screened and spoiler reviewed almost two years ago before the pandemic. So I was not actually surprised by anything cause I read the spoilers back then. Uh, except for they did change the ending slightly and it's because they decided they were going to do a time jump. Originally they were just going to have like Lori find out that Michael killed her daughter and immediately go after him. And like it was going to cut, took credits as she was, like, storming out of the hospital and was Halloween Ends was going to take place on the same night also. Mm. But they actually decided that they would just, you know, go with a four-year time jump. So they cut that little piece out all out of it um, to make that mesh better. And I think that, like, we're going to get that, uh, as you were telling me earlier, there's going to be a director's cut and it'll probably have that in it. Um Halloween Ends is a blank slate for me. I don't have expectations, Um, really. I mean, other than I think it's going to be entertaining. I can't wait to see how it ends. But I don't really want to speculate a whole lot until next October. I want that one to be, I have no idea what's going to happen again. Because this one, I did know the plot leaks. So I'm excited to not know what's coming. I'm excited to see what the twist is going to be. David Gordon Green has been hyping that there's going to be a weird, unexpected twist. And Halloween ends. I can't wait to see what that's gonna be. Um I I you know, box office expectations. My prediction is it opens number two this weekend behind Bond, but I wouldn't be surprised if it actually snuck in for number one for a week until Dune arrives and blows everything out of the water next week. Um my question really it's
1: currently made sixty two point eight million.
0: That's awesome. Great news. That's great news for horror. Great news for the future of this franchise and these movies. So good job, everybody. My question is, where does this leave the trilogy, the stat the where does the trilogy leave the status of this franchise? Can we even speculate before we see how it ends? Like, do we need to wait and see what happens before we can discuss the legacy of, of this trilogy? Are we already forecasting what comes next? Do we have any ideas about what comes next? And if this movie does well, will we finally see new Nightmare and Jason
1: content? Probably not. Um, if Jamie Lee... Okay, so if Jamie Lee Curtis's character lives, if she wants to, then they might do another sequel. If she dies, uh, they'll probably just reboot it again in a couple of years because that's just what Hollywood does. Um, I want to say... I think there's a there's some issues going on with the rights to Friday the 13th at the moment. So there's no telling when we'll see another one of those movies. That
0: lawsuit was actually just settled a few weeks ago. Oh, snap. With, I think, the... like. I think the original writer may be getting the rights back, but I don't know where that's going to leave the franchise. I don't know huh. what's going to happen with it. But uh, I look, I'm excited. I have a lot of questions about what comes next. I'm excited about Halloween Ends and the future of the franchise in general. And, you know, that's pretty much all she wrote about that. I love Halloween. So, uh, by way of wrapping up, if you want to get in touch with us, EllenJpod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, You look for Logan and Jake Take or you look for uh, L&J Pod, you're going to find us. Um, Please consider going to um, Logan and Jake Take um, on the Anchor uh, website and searching for us on anchor.fm and clicking the support button. We now are able to accept... Uh, monthly donations of ninety nine cents, four ninety nine, or nine ninety nine, and every single penny that you guys graciously um, donate to us will go towards travel expenses, gas, improving equipment, movie tickets—you name it. If it's related to the podcast, that's what it'll go for. Uh, we want to thank those of you who have reached out and have already signed up to support us. We have several people who are already supporting us monetarily uh, and becoming—you know—really co-producers of this thing we really appreciate you guys um the link to sign up will be in the show notes so be sure you check that uh, as well as the link to uh, contact us if you want to give us feedback we've really enjoyed speaking with you guys spending a lot of time with you guys tonight and we hope that you will come back next week when we talk about the history of horror films and what we think the future of horror is as we continue our spooky season coverage. So, uh, without further ado, I think we will...
1: Also, uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Yes, please do. Go to Apple Podcasts. Five stars. Leave a five review. Five star. Leave us a, a review. move up in the rankings.
0: We move up in the rankings. That really helps us up. Uh, move up. Helps us out. Like, comment, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Uh, we love you guys. We will talk to you uh, next week. And, you know, go see Halloween Kills. It's definitely worth it. And look for that information in the show notes.
1: Bye!